Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. If you are a regular listener to my Nations of the World podcast, you have likely noticed that I've been presenting countries in alphabetical order. This episode is an exception. With the current events unfolding in Ukraine, I felt it was important for people to have some insight on the history of Ukraine and to have an overview of the nation to hopefully better understand some of the issues Ukraine is facing today. This episode is dedicated to people worldwide who are exploited, bullied, or discounted in any way yet show a strength far greater than the perpetrator of such mistreatment, having an internal resolve to endure. Welcome to Ukraine, Part 1. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of Europe because of its extremely fertile soil, a black soil, called Chernozem. It has the deepest metro station in the world at 105.5 meters, or 346 feet. The largest airplane ever built was built here. It is a country responsible for many inventions and first successes, such as hard disk drives, performing the first heart mitral valve surgery, the movable frame beehive, allowing beekeepers to extract honey without harming or killing bees, the first design and production of the helicopter, and many more. It is home to a city having 1,500 cafes, the most per capita of any city in the world. Segment 1. Bare Bones Location In Eastern Europe, with the Black Sea as a southern border. Official name, Ukraine, or, as they say in Ukraine, Ukraina. Nationality, Ukrainian. Capital, Kyiv is the Ukrainian pronunciation. Kiev is the Russian pronunciation. By using the Ukrainian pronunciation, it shows recognition of Ukrainian independent identity. By using the Russian pronunciation, many Ukrainians feel it ties them in with Putin's Russian regime. Total area, 603,550 square kilometers, or 233,000 32 square miles. It is slightly smaller than the state of Texas in the United States, or about twice the size of Italy. Population 43,733,762. Official language Ukrainian. There is no official religion. Currency Ukrainian hryvnia. Form of government a semi-presidential republic. Flag. It has two equal horizontal bands of azure on the top and golden yellow. The colors in modern times are said to represent grain fields under a blue sky. National symbols. Trizub, or trident, and sunflower. Segment 2. Heart of the Nation. Geography and Climate Ukraine is in Eastern Europe and bordered by seven countries. Russia to the east and northeast, 
Belarus to the north, Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary to the west, Romania and Moldova to the southwest, and the Black Sea and Sea of Azov to the southeast. It is the largest country lying completely within Europe. It has the Carpathian Mountains in the west, with a temperate climate, and the rest of the country is mainly plains and plateaus. The north gets the most frequent rainfall. The Carpathian Mountains receive about 1,200 millimeters, or 47 inches of rain per year, while the southern area around Crimea receives about 400 millimeters, or 16 inches. It has a Mediterranean climate in the southern Crimean coast. Winters vary from cool in along the Black Sea to cold farther inland. There are warm summers throughout most of the country, and it's hot in the south. The highest elevation is 2,061 meters, or 6,760 feet, at Mount Hoverla. The lowest point is the Black Sea, at zero meters. The major rivers are the Danube, Dnieper, Dniester, and Vistula. Nearly all the rivers are part of the drainage basins of the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. There are numerous waterfalls in the Carpathian and Crimean Mountains. There are 2,782 kilometers, or 1,728 miles, of coastline. Natural Hazards There are occasional floods and occasional droughts. Environment In April of 1986, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near Pripyat, Ukraine, suffered a catastrophic meltdown when one of the four reactors exploded. The United Nations called the disaster the greatest environmental catastrophe in the history of humanity. Even still, the other three reactors at Chernobyl continued to operate for another 13 years. The amount of radiation released in the Chernobyl explosion was 400 times higher than that created by the bomb dropped on Hiroshima during World War II, and radioactive rain reached as far away as Ireland. Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine received 63% of the contamination. The first country to report to the world that the disaster had happened was Sweden. They detected alarming radiation levels and were able to conclude from the wind direction where it was coming from. The area around the site of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster is home to some 5 million Ukrainians, even though it is still contaminated 30 years later. Today, many wild animals have populated the deserted town. Animals living within the 30-kilometer exclusion zone around Chernobyl have higher mortality rates, increased genetic mutations, and decreased birth rates. The nearby forest is called the Red Forest, since the high levels of radiation killed the trees there, leaving dead pine standing with the color red. One firefighter whose eyes were brown worked to control the fire, and his eyes changed to blue. Pripyat will remain abandoned since plutonium needs more than 24,000 years to reduce to just half its intensity. The radioactive material was encapsulated with a cement structure built over the reactor following the accident. 
Another shell is being built over the first one, but it will only last for 10 years. The area attracts multitudes of tourists, despite the high levels of radiation. Other issues include air and water pollution, land degradation, solid waste management, biodiversity loss, and deforestation. Ukraine is a party to many environmental agreements. Some are Antarctic Environmental Protection, Biodiversity, Climate Change Kyoto Protocol, Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban, Endangered Species, Hazardous Wastes, Ozone Layer Protection, and Wetlands. Ukraine is making great efforts to preserve the environment and to conserve wildlife. There are 53 national nature parks, 19 natural reserves, and five biosphere reserves. There are over 10,000 employees of reserves and parks, state government bodies, non-governmental organizations, and volunteers working together as part of the Nature Reserve Fund. The Ukrainian Nature Conservation Group is a non-governmental organization working to consolidate efforts of experts and scientists to protect biodiversity and establish efficient functioning of the Nature Reserve Fund. The sheer possibility and diversity of what you can see in the parks and reserves is amazing. You can walk in areas of extinct volcanoes, see majestic bare rock formations jutting out by the ocean, 1,000-year-old oak trees, areas where swamps, forests, lakes, and meadows join together, crystal-clear mountain lakes and rivers, estuaries featuring migratory birds, sand dunes, botanical gardens, ancient ruins, seemingly endless grass steppes, uninhabited islands, Cossack burials, Scythian burial mounds, limestone outcrops, salt marshes, canyons, deep gorges, and white rock outcrops beside the turquoise waters of the sea. Vegetation Pine, oak, birch, hornbeam, beech, and spruce are the main species in the forests. There are several plants known exclusively in Ukraine. Some are the Crimean edelweiss, the kirch wheatgrass, and a specific hawthorn and orchid. Wildlife There are approximately 28,000 species of animals that can be found in Ukraine, of which 350 are birds, 200 are fish, 21 reptiles, and about 19 amphibians. Some of the more common are the beaver, European ground squirrel, steppe polecat or ferret, mouflon, a wild sheep with large semicircular horns which curve toward the back, Eurasian elk, which is like the North American moose, marten, a type of weasel, badger, wolf, wild pig, and jerboa. Animals that live nowhere else include the sandy blind mole rat, and the Podolsk mole rat. An endemic reptile is Lindholm's rock lizard. There are six freshwater fish unique to Crimea. There are several endemic butterflies, moths, and beetles, spiders, millipedes, a freshwater snail, and several land snails. 
Some of the fish species recorded include perch, pike, sterlet, and sturgeon. Some of the birds in Ukraine are the snow bunting, rock sparrow, manx shearwater, yellow-billed loon, which is the largest species of the diver family, Eurasian three-toed woodpecker, rock petronia, golden oriole, avocet, which is a large black and white wader bird, little egret, and Eurasian oyster catcher. People For ethnicity, 77.8% are Ukrainian, 17.3% Russian, 0.6% Belarusian, 0.5% Moldovan, 0.5% Crimean Tartar, and about 3% other. A Tartar is a member of a Turkic people, descendants of the Tartars who ruled Central Asia in the 14th century. Ukraine is the official language and most widely spoken. Russian is also widely spoken, especially in the southern and eastern parts of the country. The peninsula in the southern part of Ukraine, Crimea, is populated almost entirely by Russian-speaking people, and they identify themselves as ethnic Russian. Around 3 million ethnic Ukrainians live in the Russian Federation. The highest concentration of these live in western Siberia because of the many deportations of Ukrainians to the Gulag under the Soviet Union. In the Carpathian Mountains, a group of women known as the Asgarda train in martial arts with the aim to empower women to win the hearts of warrior men. They're a group of modern-day warrior women who claim to be descendants of the Amazon and spend their summers living in the mountains, learning the only martial art specifically designed for women known as Asgarda. They train with a variety of lethal weapons, such as pickaxes, chains and scythes, and they dress in warrior costumes. Religion Ukraine has one of the highest levels of religious freedom and diversity in all of Europe. Proselytizing is legal in the country. Ukraine became officially Christian under the rule of the Kievan Rus, Great Prince Volodymyr, who was seeking a state religion that would unite his people. Religions are Orthodox, Ukrainian Greek Catholic, Roman Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, and Jewish. Many have a strong tie to Orthodox Christianity, but approximately 40% of Ukrainians identify as non-religious or atheist. History The word Ukraine stems from a word meaning borderland. The country is rich in natural resources, and it has been fought over and subjugated for centuries. The land of present Ukraine was part of the Scythian kingdom, from 700 to 200 BC. They were a nomadic people with a culture that centered around horseback riding. In the 9th century, the first major eastern Slavonic state was founded, Kievan Rus. Legend and some historians believe that it was founded by the Viking leader Oleg, ruler of Novgorod. From the 10th to 11th century AD, Kiev and Rus became the largest and most powerful European state, with its center in Kiev. This golden age began in the 10th century with Prince Volodymyr, an ancient Ukrainian leader who ruled from, at that time, Kiev, 
and who converted the country from paganism to Christianity. In the 11th century, Yaroslav the Wise, Grand Prince, ruled from 1019 to 1054, and along with the new religion came new forms of architecture, art, music, and a written language, Old Church Slavonic. In the 13th century AD, the Tartars invaded and destroyed Kiev, establishing the empire of the Golden Horde. In the 14th century, Kievan Rus was incorporated into the Grand Duchy of Lithuania and eventually into the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. In the 15th century, a group called the Cossacks began to emerge in Ukraine's southern steppe frontier. This was a martial society made up of venturesome men who entered this area seasonally for hunting, fishing, and gathering honey. Over time, their numbers increased with the addition of peasants fleeing serfdom and other adventurers, including those in nobility. They banded together for mutual protection and formed a somewhat democratic military organization with a general assembly known as a Rada and elected officers. They defended Ukraine's frontier population from various incursions, ventured into other areas, and even raided Turkish coastal cities. The ruling Polish government found them to be a useful fighting force in wars with the Tartars, Turks, and Muscovites. At other times, the government viewed them as a dangerously volatile entity. When the government made attempts at limiting them in any way, it caused discontent among the Cossacks, who saw themselves as having inherent rights and liberties. In the first half of the 17th century, there was great religious divide with Orthodox taking hold in Kiev, backed by the Cossacks who supported this change. This was in great opposition to the existing Uniate Church. The Orthodox religion began to flourish in Ukraine. As tensions arose with discontent over the Polish authority and religious strife, in 1648 a war and revolution began. Securing military support from the Tartars, the Cossacks prepared for an insurrection. A Polish army was sent to crush the rebellion, but wasn't successful. This gave the Ukrainian Cossacks and peasants an added push towards a massive uprising. They began to vent their anger towards any they felt were responsible for their oppression, landlords, Latin and Uniate clergy, officials, and Jews. At this time, a new Ukrainian state, the Cossack Hetmanate, was established. From 1657 to 1686, many fought to dominate Ukraine land, including Poland, the Ottoman Empire, the Cossacks, Russia, and the Crimean Khanate. This period, known as the Ruin, ended with the Treaty of Perpetual Peace between Russia and Poland. Despite continuous pressure from the Russians, who inhabited the Grand Duchy of Moscovy, the Hetmanate managed to remain autonomous for well over 100 years. During the latter part of the 18th century, most Ukrainian ethnographic territory was absorbed by the Russian Empire. Following the collapse of the Tsarist Russia in 1917, Ukraine achieved a short-lived period of independence from 1917 to 20, but was reconquered in 1921 
when the Russian Red Army conquered two-thirds of Ukraine and established the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. The Western Third became part of Poland. In 1932, Ukrainians endured a brutal Soviet rule that engineered a forced famine during Stalin's collectivization campaign, known as the Holodomor, in which over 8 million died. During the Soviet era, the Kulaks, a term for land-owning peasants, were declared enemies of the state. In 1930, the Soviet government ordered the liquidation of Kulaks. In a three-month period, known as the de-kulakization of Ukraine. Around a quarter million Ukrainians were either killed or exiled to Siberia. In 1939, Western Ukraine was annexed by the Soviet Union under the Nazi-Soviet Pact. In World War II, German and Soviet armies were responsible for some 7 million more deaths. During that war, thousands of Jews were offered protection by Ukrainian religious leaders. The Jews found refuge in monasteries and Ukrainian homes. In 1944, Stalin deported 200,000 Crimean Tartars to Siberia and Central Asia, following accusations of collaboration with Nazi Germany. Crimea became an official part of modern Ukraine in 1954, when Soviet leader Khrushchev transferred the area from Russia to the Ukrainian Republic as a symbol of their eternal friendship. After the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Ukraine's economy was in turmoil, resulting in much of Ukraine operating on the barter system. In the 1960s, there was increasing covert opposition to Soviet rule, leading to repression of dissidents in 1972. Ukraine's independence was officially declared on August 24, 1991. Its parliament proclaimed that the country would stop following the laws of the USSR, instead abiding by its own laws. In December of that year, voters overwhelmingly approved the referendum on independence. In the 1990s, about 250,000 Crimean Tartars and their descendants returned to Crimea following the collapse of the Soviet Union. In 1996, a new democratic constitution was adopted and the hryvnia currency was introduced. In 2002, the Ukrainian government announced the decision to launch a formal bid to join NATO. In November 2004, the opposition leader, Viktor Yushchenko, launched a massive protest campaign over the rigged elections that gave victory to pro-Russian candidate Viktor Yanukovych. The Supreme Court later annulled the poll result. In 2005, Viktor Yushchenko won the presidency after a re-election. Russian relations became more strained, leading to frequent disputes over gas supplies and pipeline transit fees. In 2010, Viktor Yanukovych is declared winner in the presidential election. That same year, Parliament voted to abandon NATO membership goals. In 2013, student protesters in Ukraine sparked an uprising when the president of Ukraine at that time, Viktor Yanukovych, suspended preparations for the implementation of an association agreement with the European Union. He was in favor of closer economic ties with Russia. 
These pro-European protests were massive events known as the Revolution of Dignity and is also called Euromaidan. About 250,000 people camped out in Maidan, Kyiv's central square, and were beaten and shot at by police and government security forces. Dozens were killed. This led to the impeachment of Yanukovych in February 2014, and he abruptly fled to Russia. New elections in the spring allowed pro-West President Petro Poroshenko to assume office in June of 2014. Shortly after Yanukovych's departure in late February 2014, Russian President Putin ordered the invasion of Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula, claiming the action was to protect ethnic Russians living there. Two weeks later, a referendum was held regarding the integration of Crimea into the Russian Federation. The referendum was condemned as illegitimate by the Ukrainian government, the EU, the United States, and the UN General Assembly. In response to Russia's illegal annexation of Crimea, 100 members of the United Nations passed UNGA Resolution 68-62, rejecting the referendum as baseless and invalid and confirming the sovereignty, political independence, unity, and territorial integrity of Ukraine. In mid-2014, Russia began supplying proxies in two of Ukraine's eastern provinces with manpower, funding, and material, driving an armed conflict with the Ukrainian government that continues to this day. Representatives from Ukraine, Russia, and the unrecognized Russian proxy republics signed the Minsk Protocol and Memorandum in September of 2014 to end the conflict. However, this agreement failed to stop the fighting or find a political solution. In a renewed attempt to alleviate ongoing clashes, leaders of Ukraine, Russia, France, and Germany negotiated a follow-on package of measures in February of 2015 to implement the Minsk agreements. Representatives from Ukraine, Russia, the unrecognized Russian proxy republics, and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, also meet regularly to facilitate implementation of the peace deal. In May 2018, Putin officially opened a bridge linking southern Russia to Crimea. This same year, the Ecumenical Patriarch of Constantinople agreed to allow Ukraine to set up its own Orthodox Church independent of Russian ecclesiastical supervision. Ukraine's President Yanukovych was succeeded by Volodymyr Zelensky in May 2019. By early 2022, more than 14,000 civilians were killed or wounded because of the Russian intervention in eastern Ukraine. On 24th of February 2022, Russia escalated its conflict with Ukraine by invading the country on several fronts and which has become the largest conventional military attack on a sovereign state in Europe since World War II. The invasion has received near-universal international condemnation, and many countries have imposed sanctions on Russia and supplied humanitarian and military aid to Ukraine. The invasion has also created Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II. 
current political and humanitarian issues. The following information is regarding issues before the war between Russia and Ukraine broke out in February of 2022. Russian interference and corruption contributed to weakened growth and investments in 2021. Approximately 43,133 square kilometers, or about 7.1% of Ukraine's area, is Russian-occupied. The seized area includes all of Crimea and about one-third of both Luhansk and Donetsk oblasts. The 1997 Boundary Delimitation Treaty with Belarus remains unratified due to unresolved financial claims, stalling demarcation, and reducing border security. Delimitation of land boundaries with Russia is complete and demarcation began in 2012. The dispute over the boundary between Russia and Ukraine through the Kerch Strait and Sea of Azov is suspended due to the occupation of Crimea by Russia. Ukraine and Moldova signed an agreement officially delimiting their border in 1999, but the border has not been demarcated due to Moldova's difficulties with the breakaway region of Transnistria. Moldova and Ukraine operate joint customs posts to monitor transit of people and commodities through Moldova's Transnistria region, which remains under the auspices of an Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe-mandated peacekeeping mission comprised of Moldovan, Transnistrian, Russian, and Ukrainian troops. The ICJ ruled largely in favor of Romania in its dispute submitted in 2004 over Ukrainian-administered Smiany Serpilor, or Snake Island, and Black Sea Maritime Boundary Delimitation. Romania opposes Ukraine's reopening of a navigation canal from the Danube border through Ukraine to the Black Sea. Internally displaced persons before February of 2022 equaled 1,461,700 due to the Russian-sponsored separatist violence in Crimea and eastern Ukraine. There were about 35,875 stateless persons in Ukraine in mid-2021. Citizens of the former USSR, who were permanently residing in Ukraine, were granted citizenship upon Ukraine's independence in 1991. But some missed this window of opportunity. People arriving after 1991, Crimean Tartars, ethnic Koreans, people with expired Soviet passports, and people with no documents have difficulty acquiring Ukrainian citizenship. Following the fall of the Soviet Union in 1989, thousands of Crimean Tartars and their descendants deported from Ukraine under the Stalin regime returned to their homeland some being stateless and others holding the citizenship of Uzbekistan or other former Soviet republics. A 1998 bilateral agreement between Ukraine and Uzbekistan simplified the process of renouncing Uzbek citizenship and obtaining Ukrainian citizenship. Ukraine is a transit country for illicit drug trafficking into the European Union, due to its location amidst several important trafficking routes into Western Europe, ports on the Black and Azov Seas, extensive river routes, 
and porous northern and eastern borders. South American cocaine moves through Ukrainian seaports and airports. Amphetamine and methamphetamine laboratories supply the local market. The Corruption Perceptions Index for the Public Sector showed 68 points for Ukraine in 2021. The range is 0 to 100, with a higher number indicating higher corruption. So compared to other countries, it is slightly below average. It ranks 122 in among other nations. The causes of corruption are in part political and cultural in nature. Ineffective law may contribute further. It is regularly lower in democratically governed countries. Yet, in predominantly low-income countries, the corruption is higher. In Ukraine, the per capita income is 3570 in the amount of U.S. dollar value annually, which is extremely low by global standards. Significant human rights issues include unlawful or arbitrary killing, torture and cases of cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment of detainees by law enforcement personnel, harsh and life-threatening conditions in prisons and detention centers, arbitrary arrest or detention, serious problems with the independence of the judiciary, abuses in the Russia-led conflict in Donbass, including physical abuse of civilians and members of armed groups held in detention facilities, serious restrictions on free expression, the press, and the internet, including violence, threats of violence, or unjustified arrests, or prosecutions against journalists, censorship, and blocking of websites, expulsion of refugees, serious acts of corruption, lack of investigation and of accountability for violence against women, violence or threats of violence motivated by anti-Semitism, crimes involving violence or threats of violence, targeting persons with disabilities, members of ethnic minority groups, and lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or intersex persons, and the existence of the worst forms of child labor. The government generally failed to take adequate steps to prosecute or punish most officials who committed abuses, resulting in a climate of impunity. Human rights groups in the United Nations noted significant deficiencies in investigations into alleged human rights abuses committed by government security forces. There is a history of xenophobia among the Ukrainian far right, as has been seen via its aggressive anti-Roma activity. Due to a variety of factors including cultural, historical, and socioeconomic, a significant portion of the Roma people have been marginalized, and have negative stereotypes attached to them. Some of the common statements are that they are drug dealers and fraudsters. Roma people are often singled out in a discriminatory way. They also experience difficulties in accessing administrative services, education, and medical care, and have problems with documentation, registration of residence, and employment. There are informal Roma settlements on the outskirts of Kiev, Lviv, and other cities which elicit negative feelings by the local population. While some Roma do lead an antisocial lifestyle living in temporary informal settlements, 
This is only a small portion of the Roma population. In 2018, a wave of violent hate crimes against Roma persons swept across the country. Some of these crimes included chasing people from a residence camp and burning down their dwellings and belongings. The National Police refused to take any action, and criminal proceedings only began after the attack was posted on the Internet. Other attacks on dwellings in other areas followed, again with the burning down of their homes. In some instances, Roma people were beaten, some fired non-lethal weapons and chased them into the woods, and even a stabbing of a 10-year-old. In these cases, the suspects were either caught and released, never brought to justice, or sentenced to a term in prison, but the sentence later reduced to probation. Official statistics suggest that there are around 50,000 Roma living in Ukraine, but organizations working with local Roma in Ukraine suggest it could be up to 300,000. The Roma population are believed to be the most vulnerable minority group in the country. Civil society organizations have highlighted the high levels of poverty among Roma and other issues, such as difficulties securing identity documentations. Thousands live in substandard and overcrowded housing, often in isolated settlements with little access to health care, social and administrative services. Many Roma households are also not connected to heating, electricity, or running water. In many cases, this residential segregation is in turn reflected in the education system, with substandard schooling, discrimination, and associated problems such as absenteeism commonly experienced by Roma children. As attested by the high levels of illiteracy among adult Roma, these barriers can have lasting impacts on their life opportunities. This exclusion feeds into a vicious cycle that has afflicted Roma communities in Ukraine for generations, with a long history of persecution, oppression, exploitation, and assimilation under a succession of regimes. In the Russia-instigated and fueled conflict in the Donbass region, Russian-led forces reportedly engaged in unlawful or arbitrary killings of civilians, including extrajudicial killings, forced disappearances and abductions, torture and cases of cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment. Other significant issues involved harsh and life-threatening prison conditions, serious restrictions on free expression, the press and the internet, restrictions on assembly of freedom of movement across the line of contact in eastern Ukraine, unfair political elections, and unduly restricted humanitarian aid. Significant human rights issues in Russia-occupied Crimea included forced disappearances and abductions, torture and cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment of detainees to extract confessions and punish persons resisting the occupation. There were many of the same issues as for the Donbass region, but with these added, severe religious restrictions crimes involving violence or threats of violence targeting LGBTI persons, Russian occupation authorities in Crimea reportedly continue to engage in widespread violence against and harassment of Crimean Tartars and pro-Ukrainian activists, 
in response to peaceful opposition to Russian occupation. Ukraine receives a score of 62 out of 100 from Freedom House, with the ranking of partly free. Next is a summary of the crisis stemming from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February, 2022. Russia is aided by Belarus, which is allowing Russian troops to invade Ukraine from the northwest along with troops entering directly from Russia from the east. They are also using the Black Sea to enter the country from the south. For a few months leading up to the invasion, Russia mobilized more than 100,000 troops along Ukraine's border. One of the demands put forth by Russia was that it wanted NATO to halt any further membership plans, including Ukraine. In addition, Russia wanted NATO to reduce its military presence in countries close to Russia's borders. Moscow repeatedly stated that they weren't planning any invasion. The war in Ukraine is a humanitarian disaster. It is also affecting economies across the globe. As of March 25, 2022, already more than 3.7 million people have fled Ukraine, with more waves of refugees expected in the coming weeks. It is the fastest-growing refugee crisis since World War II. An additional 6.5 million have been displaced internally. Many people are trapped in areas of escalating conflict, unable to meet their basic needs, including food, water, and medicine. As of March 25, 2022, OHCHR reports 2,421 civilian casualties, including 1,081 killed, but actual figures are likely much higher. The humanitarian situation in Mariupol remains dire. Authorities say thousands who fled Mariupol now face starvation in other areas they have fled to, as they are once again trapped. Reports are stating that some 80% of the city's housing has been affected, with at least 30% being damaged beyond repair. These refugees have primarily gone to neighboring countries, but the EU is supporting the major host countries. Russia and Ukraine are important producers of wheat, fertilizers, and metals used in industry. Disruption to the wheat, maize, and fertilizer risk raising hunger and food shortages across the world, hitting hardest in low-income countries. Today, with the Russian invasion, many Roma are fighting alongside Ukrainians in defense of their country. The ones who have fled to other countries are facing added difficulties beyond what Ukrainian refugees are facing. Many have always been undocumented, others lost their papers during the war, or fled in such a hurry they couldn't retrieve their documents. One such report comes from Moldova, where some 800 Roma fled Ukraine and are in a sports arena. One woman interviewed explained that she fled with only her children, as bombs were destroying the neighborhood and her home. She traveled from Kharkiv to Lviv, then to the Moldovan border, where she spent four days with no food or water, waiting to enter Moldova. Once her and other Roma with her found shelter, they were chased out of their tents by Ukrainian border authorities. 
It's been reported that the Moldovan government was working on plans with the Romanian government to accept Roma refugees, even without documentation, and give them asylum. The Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations is rapidly scaling up its efforts to respond to urgent food security needs, resulting from the unfolding war in Ukraine, focusing initially on livelihood-saving interventions for the most vulnerable smallholder farmers. On March 18, 2022, FAO released a report stating that FAO is staying and delivering supplies and has reinforced its team in Ukraine. About 10% of the 50 million U.S. dollars requested by FAO under the Rapid Response Plan for Ukraine has been received to date. Funds received so far will enable FAO to assist 23,000 vulnerable rural men and women farmers around Donetsk, Luhansk, Dnipropetrovsk, and Zaporizhia. WHO is working closely with offices in Ukraine and neighboring countries, as well as partners to rapidly respond to the health emergency triggered by the conflict and to minimize disruptions to the delivery of critical health care services. People ask, why is Ukraine not already a member of NATO? NATO says it has an open-door policy for members to join. Any European country in a position to further the principles of the Washington Treaty and contribute to security in the Euro-Atlantic area can become a member of the alliance at the invitation of the North Atlantic Council, NATO says on their website. Countries who wish to join NATO need to meet certain political, economic, and military goals, said Sean Monaghan, a visiting fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. At the Bucharest summit in 2008, NATO welcomed Ukraine's bid for membership and agreed that it could eventually become a NATO member in the future, if it met some requirements. The requirements were not met and still have not been met, although it was on the path to doing so. Some of the requirements include a functioning, democratic political system based on a market economy, the fair treatment of minority populations, a commitment to the peaceful resolution of conflicts, the ability and willingness to make a military contribution to NATO operations, and a commitment to democratic civil-military relations and institutional structures. Stanley Sloan, an expert in transatlantic relations at Middlebury College and a former international security officer, said, The feeling was, and probably still has been, that Ukraine hadn't completely taken care of political corruption, that it was still developing its democracy. Sloan also added that there was an unwritten reason why Ukraine was not allowed to join NATO, which was because of concerns from European leaders about how that would affect their relationship with Russia. There are a lot of European allies who were dead set against inviting Ukraine because they had hopes that they could develop a closer relationship with Moscow, Sloan said. Directly quoted from the European Union Commission website, the EU and its international partners are united in condemning Putin's aggression in Ukraine. We will provide support to those seeking shelter 
and we will help those looking for a safe way home. The EU will continue to offer strong political, financial, and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine and impose hard-hitting sanctions against Russia and those complicit in the war. Sanctions have been imposed on Russia by many nations since the start of Russia invading Ukraine. Sanctions are penalties imposed by one country on another to encourage the end of aggressive actions or breaking international law. Some sanctions include a ban on the export of dual-use goods, items used for both civilian and military purpose. All Russian flights have been banned from the United States, United Kingdom, EU, and Canadian airspace. The UK has also banned private jets chartered by Russians. A ban on exports of luxury goods to Russia by the EU, the UK will follow. The UK is also adding a 35% tax on some imports from Russia, such as vodka. The EU, US, and UK have together sanctioned over 1,000 Russian individuals and businesses. Assets belonging to President Putin and his former minister are being frozen in the US, EU, UK, and Canada. The UK is limiting the sale of golden visas which allow wealthy Russians to get British residency rights. The U.S. is banning all Russian oil and gas imports, and the U.K. will phase out Russian oil imports by the end of 2022. The EU, which gets a quarter of its oil and 40% of its gas from Russia, says it will switch to alternative supplies and make Europe independent from Russian energy well before 2030. Germany has put on hold permission for the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia to open. Western countries have frozen assets of Russia's central bank to stop it using its $630 billion of foreign currency reserves. Some Russian banks are being removed from the international financial messaging system, SWIFT, which is used to transfer money across borders. Major Russian banks are to be excluded from the UK financial system. All Russian banks have had their assets frozen in the UK. The Russian state and its major companies cannot borrow money in the UK. The UK has imposed a limit on how much Russians can deposit at UK banks. Companies such as McDonald's, Coca-Cola, and Starbucks have suspended trading in Russia. Nestle has withdrawn some of its brands, but will only sell essential foods in Russia. More than 25 countries have joined in delivering support to Ukraine's war effort. The United States has sent billions of dollars in missiles, ammunition, and other items to the front. The European Union signed a 500 million euro, or 551 million U.S. dollar package, to help arm Ukraine. Finland and Germany have rewritten long-standing policy that barred exporting weapons into war zones. There are tens of thousands of troops being activated and deployed by NATO countries in Eastern Europe. Some of the items being sent by the 25-plus nations are ammunition, missiles, weapons, helmets, body armor, fuel, rocket launchers, grenades, gas masks, night vision gear, anti-tank weapons, Stinger anti-craft missiles, howitzers, 
combat ration packages, armored vehicles, military tents, four-wheel drive vehicles, light mortars and reconnaissance drones, medical treatment, and medical supplies. What are Russian citizens hearing about the war? On Russian state TV, broadcasts describe the invasion as a special operation. It says that Russia is enacting a special military operation to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Reports add that Ukraine was using women, children, and elderly as human shields. The reports always include updates on numbers of Ukrainian hardware destroyed, but never a mention of Russian casualties. When it does report on the shelling of a city in Ukraine, it debunks any report that Russia is responsible, calling those reports fake. It blames Ukraine for the bombings. Other reports are saying that Russia's main objective in Ukraine is the defense of Russia against the threat from the West, which is using the Ukrainian people in its standoff with Moscow. The media are being officially barred from using words including war and invasion in any reference to the operation in Ukraine. Any speaking of it as a war are accused of spreading false information and face up to 15 years in prison. Independent news agencies have closed. The citizens of Russia are being told that NATO is right around the corner and is threatening Russia. Any Russian citizens who oppose the war through protests are being halted. Many citizens believe the state news and say they must do what they must do to protect their nation. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ukraine Part 1. Next time, we'll hear more about Ukraine, diving into its culture. You might be surprised at the many traditions followed when two are getting married. Opera and theater are very popular in the country, and the National Opera of Ukraine has a history stemming back to the 10th century, when wandering artists and acrobats performed in the court of Prince Volodymyr the Great. You will learn about two Ukrainian brothers, both former heavyweight boxing champions, who are now taking up arms to defend their country. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, Ukraine Part 2. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world. I'm excited to share that in under 10 months, I have thousands of listeners from all over the world in 92 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout out in my next episode and you will have a chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. 
This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you will receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. I look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners. Please feel free to contact me via any of the social media apps you find in my show notes.